Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the ninth episode of season two of the Wormburner podcast. I am your host, Justin, and for this week, I wanted to take a little bit of a dive into what's going on in England. There's been some recent news over the past month that I wanted to backtrack and actually take some time and talk about and actually dissect what I think about the particular things going on. And then we're going to be talking about the Portuguese National League and their cup competitions, as well as a very interesting fact of the week this week. I feel like this is one of the interesting facts I've been waiting on for a little while, so I'm so excited to be diving into that. And then, of course, finishing the episode off with the Extra Man Advice of the Week. If you have not already, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Wormburner Podcast. And if you have not checked out our website, it is the dash Wormburner dash podcast dot captivate dot fm. Again, that is the dash Wormburner dash podcast dot captivate dot fm. So that way you don't miss a single episode of the Wormburner Podcast. I am looking forward to within the next couple of weeks securing some of our first interviews for season two. I am so excited for that. There's a lot to look forward to, and let's just go ahead and get this excitement going with the episode this week. All right, so for the news coming out of England, I really wanted to take a dive over the recent events that have happened over the past month, and going into our first little section in England, I want to talk about Leeds United. If you followed the podcast and listened to our previous episodes, you will have known that American head coach Jesse Marsh was appointed as the manager of Leeds United. And he hasn't been doing a bad job. It's one of the things I wanted to highlight, showing that Leeds are currently sitting in 16th place. They are currently five points above Everton, which is sitting in 18th place. With the relegation scrap coming to a close, Leeds United are going to have some very tough matchups for the last five games of the season. I think it's possible that Jesse Marsh can pull them out and not have that relegation scrap that Leeds United have been in for the past couple of weeks if not months. I feel like this has been a really good job overall for Jesse. If you take a look at the numbers from his games, he had received a loss from Leicester and a loss from Aston Villa in his two managerial games since taking the reins at Leeds. But then he got a really good run of form uh, recently, getting a a win over Norwich City a win over Wolverhampton Wanderers, or Wolves for short, then a draw against Southampton, a win against Watford, and then a draw against a resurging Crystal Palace. They've been doing really good as of recently, and to have a draw against Crystal Palace, it's definitely something that Jesse has used to his advantage. So overall, he's had three wins, two draws, and two losses since his signing as the Leeds United manager. 
and it doesn't appear that his last run his last games of the season are going to be any easier. He's got Manchester City this upcoming weekend, then he's got Arsenal, Chelsea, Brighton and Hove Albion, and then Brentford for the last game of the season. I definitely think if he can squeeze out some points from some of the big teams like Manchester City, Arsenal, and Chelsea, it will be it will make it a lot easier for Leeds United to get out of that relegation scrap. I don't know if he's going to be able to because Arsenal have been in a really good run of form beating Manchester United recently and then you've also got Manchester City which they've been in a good run of form beating Watford 4-0 recently and if he can squeeze a draw out of one of those three games I definitely think that Leeds have a very good chance of staying up and especially if he get can get a positive result against Brighton and Hove Albion or Brentford those are two really strong teams that have been pulling results out of literal nothing against very big teams. I definitely think that overall, Jesse Marsh has done a good job with what Leeds has given him, especially with the team that he has under under his disposal. I look for Jesse Marsh to stay in the Premier League. Whether he actually does or not is a completely different story because he could completely fluff the back end of the season here in the last five games. I look for it to be a positive for Jesse Marsh. I hope that he stays manager of Leeds United. If they if they do somehow get relegated, I really hope that they stick with Jesse. Whether Jesse would want to stay or not is a completely different story because I feel that maybe he'll want to be in one of these top sides. But if he does go down with Leeds and then comes back up the next season with Leeds United, it'll show the managerial pedigree that he has. And for most Americans that have followed his career, we know he has. It's a completely different thing when you are fighting in that relegation zone versus the championship. There's so many different points of views that I've heard over in England, how the championship is so much more physical and how in the championship it's a dog-eat-dog mentality, much more aggressive than the Premier League because of that hop in finances when you go from the Skybet Championship up into the Premier League. When it comes to the overall situation at Leeds, it does look promising, sitting five points ahead of the drop with five games left to go. It really depends on how the other teams in the bottom half of the season take this season. I think the only team that really poses a threat to Leeds or them jumping Leeds is Everton, but even then Burnley is below Leeds, so if even if Everton jumped Leeds, Burnley would have to jump Leeds as well, which for the last five games, it can happen. I'm definitely not saying that it can't, but with the run of games that Leeds have, if they can pull one or two good results out of those, I definitely 100% believe that Leeds can stay up. And that would be a really positive win for Jesse Marsh, especially being in the in the position of a American manager in 
the Premier League. There's so much negative press when it comes to Americans in the Premier League. I mean, when you look at Bob Bradley at Swansea, that was just an absolute nightmare when Swansea wasn't doing good at all. They ended up getting relegated, and thankfully Bob Bradley ended up getting a job back in the MLS with LAFC after that. But when when you're an American in one of these big leagues, they tend to overcast you. And as we had stated also in a previous episode, there were running jokes about how team members and coaches were being associated as Ted Lasso, which if you don't know is a American sitcom about a American football coach becoming a soccer coach in England. And take of it what you will, that's there is a lot of negative press when it comes to I feel like we are doing a lot to overturn people's opinions when it comes to soccer over in Europe and in other areas, but we still have a long ways to go and if Jesse Marsh stays up with Leeds, that is definitely something that will go a long ways in helping the American image over in Europe. I definitely look forward to seeing what happens with Leeds and following Marsh for the rest of this season and hopefully into next season. Now the latest update that I haven't had any any opinion on in the podcast and I definitely wanted to take some time and look into is the recent appointment of Eric Ten Hag to Manchester United. I know being a Manchester City fan, I don't want to really put into my my two cents into my rival but I have to. It's it, it is a appointment that in the short term under my honest opinion and this is nothing against United as a city fan. I don't think they're going to get immediate results. This is something that I feel that any and all Manchester United fans would agree with personally. This is just one of the things that they've got to work on their midfield. They've got to work on the team that they've got. But if you give Ten Hag time, which seeing the way that United has been going, especially with the appointment of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and how they stuck with him for so long, even though he wasn't getting the results that they may have wanted, if they give that same mentality to Eric Ten Hag, I feel that this appointment would be a very, very good appointment. As much as that sours in my mouth saying that that would be good for United, I don't care. That This is my brutal, honest opinion. Eric Ten Hag to United is, is a good appointment. The reason I say that is if you give Ten Hag time, he will make your team so much better. And it shows out of the five years he's been at Ajax. So the current team he's managing is in Ajax, which is in the Eredivisie in the Netherlands. Out of the five years he's managed Ajax from 2017 to 2022, he has won two titles and he's on the verge of winning a third and in a four, in the last four years, so from 2018 to 2022, if he wins this current season, it'll be three titles in a four-year span, which is really, really, really good for Ajax. And 
it proves that if you just give him time, allow him to build the team that he wants. I mean, look, Eric Ten Hag was the one that took Ajax to the semifinals and sadly lost to Tottenham Hotspurs. I believe that was in the 2018 season, 2017-2018 season, when they were just doing absolute bits in the Champions League. They ended up absolutely smashing Real Madrid. They ended up smashing Juventus as well. It was just an unbelievable run, and Eric Ten Hag was one of the masterminds of that campaign, aside from the players themselves, because that's a different accolade as well. But the manager behind that was Eric Ten Hag. And if you give this man time to build on the talent that is in your club, he can do really, really, really good things. And as much as it pains me to say, United have really good youth when it comes to the team that they have, especially with the recent acquisition and purchase of Jaden Sancho back to England. There's a lot going in United's favor, and this is something for me as a City fan. If Eric Ten Hag gets that momentum at United and starts to have the patience from the board to do what he wants, United are going to be a very dangerous side. And we could be looking at even more titles for Manchester United in the in the near future, especially even competing for the league, even talking about competing for the FA Cup, even maybe even Champions League in the near future. Who knows? Eric Ten Hag has the ability to turn United around. The key that I'm emphasizing and the main point that I wanted to say is they have to give him time. It shows. It shows Eric Ten Hag, given time, can make teams really good. It has shown with Ajax, especially since that Champions League run to the semifinals, they lost a good amount of their talent. And what ended up happening? They ended up winning back-to-back titles. Or possibly they could be winning back-to-back titles. It's a very close tie in the Eredivisie. Ajax are currently sitting four points ahead of PSV. And they definitely have a strong game against AZ Alakmar on May 8th. So I highly advise if you want to watch a good Dutch game or a very good... Uh, Eredivisie game, I highly advise you watch that one because that could turn around and bite Ajax if they don't watch themselves. Eric Ten Hag could win a third league title in five years with Ajax. It's definitely a testament to what he can do with time. And with him being appointed Manchester United manager, if the board give him time like they did Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Manchester United can turn into a really, really good team again. And as a Manchester City fan, that kind of scares me, especially with the talent that they have at United. Jadon Sancho, being a previous Manchester City Academy graduate, I really don't look forward to those matches in the future. But... That's just my opinion. I hope you guys enjoyed this little section of the breakdown, what's going on in England. Let's go ahead and get into the league breakdown this week, the Portuguese League. 
Alright, so for our league breakdown this week, we are going to be talking about the Portuguese First Division. Now, when it comes to the Portuguese First Division, it has been around since 1934, so it it, it is in its 80s. 8th season this year and when it comes to teams that have been playing in this league a lot of people put other teams in this oh there's only one team that dominates this league or there's only two teams or three teams that dominate this league and I'm not trying to throw any shade at the Portuguese league but This league is one of the few times I can say that there are very clear winners and very clear dominant teams in the Portuguese first division. That is because when you look at the titles won by the teams themselves, there have only been five winners of the Portuguese league in 88 years or 87 complete seasons there have only been five different winners so for the top five teams that have won the Portuguese league in first place is Benfica with 37 titles under their belt The first one coming in 1935 and the latest one in 2019. In second place, you have FC Porto with 29 titles. Their first one coming in 1934 and their latest one in 2019-2020. And it does look like based off of the current table they're going to win their 30th league title this year let's stay tuned on that because i'm not entirely sure if mathematically any of the other teams have been eliminated but going to our third team that has won the portuguese league it is sporting lisbon cp they have won 19 titles their first coming in 1940 and their latest in 2020 2021 the other two teams that have won the portuguese league is boa vista with one title back in 2000 2001 and belenesis i'm positive i'm butchering the pronunciation but they won their title in 1945-46. So overall, there's only been five teams that have won the Portuguese League, which means that out of those three teams, FC Porto, Sporting CP, and Benfica, 85 titles out of the 87 completed seasons have been won by three teams. That is absolutely insane how much of a domination they've had in Portugal since the 1930s it has been an absolute it's been an absolute domination by these three teams and whether you like to watch the Portuguese league or not 
one of the main things that I always like to point out with this is it is never short of competition between these three teams. It always comes down to these three teams, almost always, and it's always an entertaining game to watch, but we'll be talking about the rivalries a little bit later. Now, going to the domestic cup competition in Portugal, that is the Taca de Portugal, which was first founded in 1938 and has seen multiple winners. So we've actually had more winners of the cup competition than the Portuguese league, which is a good thing when it comes to competition, that's for sure. But the top three teams, or I'm sorry, the top five teams that have won the Taca de Portugal is in first place, Benefica with 26 titles, the first one in 1940, the latest one in 2017. In second place, you have FC Porto with 17 titles, the first one coming in 1956, and the latest one in 2020. In third place, you have Sporting CP with a tie with Porto at 17 titles, the first one coming in 1941 and the latest in 2019. In fourth place, you have Boa Vista with five titles, the first one coming in 1975 and the latest one in 1997. And in fifth place, we have Victoria de Setbubal, which I know I'm mispronouncing, but their first title came in 1965 and their latest one in 2005. This competition has been a lot more competitive than the other Portuguese titles in the region since the 1930s but there is another cup competition in Portugal that is framed a lot like in England this is the Taca de League or the League Cup in Portugal it is a lot like England where it is the professional teams of the Portuguese leagues compete in this competition and there have been a range of teams as well winning this competition but overall there have been five winners of this competition as well it's unbelievable so when it comes to the Taka de League the cup the competition itself was first set up in 2007 so it's one of the newer competitions and maybe one of the reasons why there are so few winners of the competition but needless to say there have been five winners of this competition in first place you have Benefica with seven titles the first one coming in 2009 and the latest in 2016 in second place, you have Sporting CP with four titles, the first one coming in 2019 and the latest one coming this year in 2022. In third place, you have Braga with two titles, the first one in 2013 and the second one in 2020. In fourth place, you have Victoria de Setubal and their title came in 2008 and then another team, Morera Incense. I hope I pronounced that right, with their only title coming in 2017, rounding out the top five. These are the cup competitions when it comes to Portugal itself. 
and the rivalries are very heated when it comes to the big three. So the first time in this podcast, we are going to be having a three-way rivalry in a league. So the three teams, if you had not heard already, that are rivaled with each other in Portugal is Benefica and Sporting CP and FC Porto that are the rivalries in this league. The first one is the Lisbon Derby between Benfica and Sporting CP. The next one is Sporting CP and Porto. They have been competing against each other over 243 times the most wins out of this rivalry coming from Porto with 88 wins. And then O Clasico, which is the classic rivalry in Portugal, is between Benfica and FC Porto. They've been competing against each other since 1912. This was done in an exhibition game. And ever since then, they have competed a total of 249 times. The most wins out of this coming from Porto with 90 nine wins in total. So these three derbies have been hotly contested over the entire span of the Portuguese league. I know that it may not seem like a very thrilling league when it comes to the overall performance of all the teams in the league, but this is definitely a league that you should pay attention to because these three teams Go at it every single year to win that league title. It is not something that they they lollygag and they just skip along to try to win the title. No, these three teams are trying their hardest every single year to win that league title. And if they don't win it, they can be looking at possible... Firing, if you're looking at managers or player sells, if you aren't looking a, like a good player that can stay at the team, it it is all down to these three teams when it comes to the Portuguese league. Now, going to the interesting fact of the week, I could not wait. This was a interesting fact I was thinking about holding till October for our Halloween little tidbit of the week or our interesting fact of the week, but I I couldn't, I could not wait that long, especially covering the Portuguese league this week. You have to talk, you have to talk about the curse of Bella Gutman. So for those of you that don't know, Bella Gutman was a manager of Benfica in the 1960s, he was a Hungarian Jew that had met some very hard times during the 1940s. He was actually imprisoned by the Nazis in Germany. He was shipped to a concentration camp, which he survived, and then later on coached many, many, many highly respected teams like AC Milan, Sao Paulo in Brazil, Porto, Benefica, the Austrian national team, 
and Panathinaikos in Greece. He has an unbelievable record as a manager, and if you ever decide to look into this man, I highly advise doing so. Now, going to the curse of Bella Gutman, he had won back-to-back European Cup championships in 1961 and 1962 for Benefica. He ended up going to the board of directors asking for a pay rise because of the success that he had brought Benefica with these European Cup titles. Now, the board of directors at Benefica rejected his proposal of getting a pay rise and Bella Gutman ended up leaving Benefica that same summer before going to Benaral in Uruguay he ended up declaring to the club that they would not be European champions for a hundred years and ever since then Benefica have been in a world of pain when it comes to European Cup champion or European Cup titles. So in any continental competition since Bella Gutman's win in the 1962 European Cup or the equivalent of the European Champions League, Benefica have lost not one, not two, not three, but eight European finals since then. The biggest one that has been labeled by the media was in the 1990s final in Vienna, which was where Bella Gutman was buried. Eusebio went to his grave and prayed and asked his previous go- his previous coach to lift the curse that he had given Benefica. They ended up losing that game 1-2 to two against AC Milan. Since that declaration in 1962, the senior team has not won a championship in Europe. Now, I say the senior team because the Benefica under-19 team became European champions in the UEFA Youth League this previous season. A lot of people feel that that ended the curse, but to others, people think that it was the senior team that ended up being the focal point of Bella Gutman's outrage. Whether that answers the call to if Benefica ever become European champions ever again, who knows. But this was a very interesting fact of the week this week. I had to include it. So let's go ahead and go to our extra man advice of the week. All right, so our extra man advice of the week this week, I want to keep it short and sweet since we are edging over 30 minutes now. Always have a plan. Whether it comes to life in general or on the soccer pitch, Having a plan is vital when you're playing soccer. The reason I say that is there are so many times when I've been playing pickup soccer or I was even in a game 
where I had a preset mind of I'm going to be passing backwards a couple times or I'm going to be doing this move a couple times get the person that's marking me or defending me this mentality that I'll be doing this over and over and over again when one of the times that the ball comes to me I do something completely different it'll throw him off and he won't be able to catch up to me or so on and so forth when it when it comes to the overall preparation for a match having these kinds of mindsets allows you to get into your opponent's head and make them think they're predicting you when they really aren't as well as knowing the plan for your coach your coach can definitely have a plan if they see a pattern in one of their opposing opposing players that you'll be marking or you'll be going against they'll let you know hey they do this more frequently than their opponents look to exploit that or create a plan for yourself to exploit that with the opposing player always know that making a plan in these games is never a bad thing because I've also seen players that they were very gifted players and I'm not taking anything away from these players at all because I've seen them do phenomenal tricks that even me being in soccer for as long as I have, I could never do those tricks. And I guarantee you I could put a year and a half, two years, even five years into these tricks. I'd never be able to do it. But they have a mentality of they have so many different things that they can do that they end up mentally paralyzing themselves because they can't make a choice. And that in itself can really harm a team, not only the player in question, but the team itself because you're losing possession when that happens because you're in this state of, I don't know what to do. And because you have so many tricks in your arsenal that it can be a hindrance. Have a plan going into a game. Talk to your coach about what an opposing player has done and what they've seen. Uh, at halftime even as well this can be a monumental decision that, that both you and your coach can come up and find this pattern that your opposing team or that the opposing team does and you can exploit with that being said that is our extra man advice of the week this week keeping it short and sweet Thank you, thank you, thank you a million times. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Share it with friends and family and listen to the episode with them as well as look forward to other episodes. If you follow our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Wormburner podcast. And if you have not already seen our website, the dash Wormburner dash podcast dot captivate dot FM. Again, that is the dash Wormburner dash podcast dot captivate dot FM. M. I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Stay safe, have fun, love soccer, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Ciao, everyone.